Good morning, Denial Church. How is everyone? Good. I didn't. I know John and I are Korean, but I didn't know we were a Korean church in the aspect we love Korean food. So uh, we all have our unique churches, but this is definitely one of them. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Haggai. Haggai, Haggai chapter two. I know some of you guys are still looking for it. I am. It's one of the shortest books. That, uh, sorry, we had to pick one where it's hard to find sometimes. Haggai chapter 2. we covering the first eight verses. Um, After Genesis, before you, uh, Revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to cover the first eight verses. And... Uh, I had a lot of fun as I was studying for this passage. Uh, it's a book that's overlooked. Um, it's pretty simple in, in the fact that uh, the people forgot uh, about God and the laws that they should have kept. So um, this prophet comes and reminds them of, you know, hey, where are your priorities? And, and, and also there's this beautiful pointing to Jesus ruling in the millennium for a thousand years. Uh, so... Um, John will cover that, so I'm just going to the first eight verses. So we're going to read this, and I want to challenge us on what we think about church uh, this morning and what we know of church. Uh, this message is called, uh, titled, At the House of God. So um, let's read this, and then I'll pray again. Haggai chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw his house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts, verse 9 as well, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. So Father, as we come in, um, give us a fresh anointing, a fresh reminder what you are doing, that we are building upon you foundation, Jesus, your love. The songs are so fitting this morning that even though uh, we will be shaken and tested and tried, that we will reign firm in you. And just, Lord, would you just speak to us personally, uh, individually and um, 
continue to remind us just how much you love us and this journey you're taking us on. So it's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Uh, I said I wanted us to be challenged about what we thought of church and what we know about church. Um, growing up in a Korean church, John can testify, there are these hidden rules. And sometimes you're reminded with a quick, swift slap. or uh, you, you, you just know these rules. For example, one of the things my mom would tell me is, you will eat that soup in the cafeteria before you go home. Her direct words were, because there is no food for you at home. <laughs> you will eat that hideous soup, you know, you will still partake of it. That was a rule. I had to eat church food. Uh, another rule. I, and this is something, I don't think it's just a creature's thing. Um, I'm laughing because I didn't, I didn't mean to pick on it, but no chewing gum in, in church. That was a rule. I don't know, I just saw, I saw his mouth moving, I realized. But that was a rule growing up. Don't chew gum in, uh, now, I'm sorry, dude. don't chew gum in service. I hated that rule because the reason why I chewed gum was sometimes I didn't brush my teeth. I, I know that's disgusting. But I wanted it so no one else was preach. No one else will say, hey, your bread stinks. But there was this lady, always, we'd be like, gum. And I hated it because most of the kids would be polite and, you know, take it out, put it in their hand. I would just spit it in her hand because I was so upset. You know, I hated that rule. So there's this idea of the house of God when we come. There's already an opposition for some people. There's people here who used to go to church or who have an idea of a church or who grew up in the church. But I also want to talk about what are the things that keep us from coming to this gathering that we call church, right? There's been a more missional emphasis, a shift in our thinking of the church that it's not we go to church. We are the church in the past two decades. It used to be, I mean, even before Saddleback and Rick Warren really you know, exploded, before it was, hey, come to church, come on the Sunday. It was a huge emphasis in the 80s, early 90s. And then now it's, there's this shift of, hey, we are church. We are the people of God. We are the foundation upon Jesus' foundation. We are, we are continually being built. But I, I, I wanted to also tackle that. There's things that keep people from coming. Some of the things I've heard as I've just asked people recently, or I, I just asked, like, What's your re- and this was I even asked the former pastor who stopped going to uh, service, what's your reason for not attending? And, and and the answers are numerous. I've heard things from well because a lot of people are judgmental. Uh, a lot of people don't really get it. Which I always ask like, then can, can you come and share what you get? <laughs> Shouldn't you keep this amazing knowledge that you have? A random weird answer I heard was uh, because my ex is there. So, well, then I'm like, dude, there's like hundreds of churches. <laughs> I mean, if you dated everyone in other, I mean, you could go any other church. I've heard different things, but there's a point in us gathering here, guys. Haggai brought up in the, in this. Uh, I'm reading the ESV. There was a word there, remnant. Um, it's it's really honing into this idea of uh, the word is ecclesia, a called out a gathering, a chosen, appointed people. That's what we are thinking about when we read that word remnant. We are chosen. We are gathering here for a reason and a purpose. 
So David, if you could go to the first point. The, the first point of this message is that the house of God is where we collectively meet to worship Jesus. We are a called out group of believers gathering on a Sunday. It's the modern idea day of worship. Uh, that this is a Sabbath rest. This is where we gather for a reason. There's a purpose. There's a mission. And it's simply to worship Jesus. Jesus is not only our foundation. Jesus is not only our master builder. Jesus is the reason why we're gathering here. If you look at a lot of churches and you read their mission statements and their vision statements, a lot of, again, it, how could it be a church if Jesus is not here? And where Jesus comes, the presence of God, the presence of his glory will fill, whether it be a thousand-member building or a coffee shop, God's here. Yeah. Yeah. You felt that even in worship. I saw Isaiah taken back because God was here. Worship, there's a reason why we gather. Going back to uh, Haggai chapter 2, um, John gave some amazing context, and Trey also gave some amazing illustration of building um, and, and the materials they use. We know that they use a particular, like a limestone. I'm jealous of John because he was actually, he actually probably saw uh, this temple. This was, what they were building was known as the second temple. We know about 500 years ago before this was Solomon's temple. It's all its glory. The most amazing marble, stone, gold was just, it was just extravagant. It was marvelous. But now these people who, again, we know the Babylonians uh, exiled them. And now they were being brought back through the Persian Empire. And they were coming back to a destroyed temple. So this is what's known now as the second temple they're rebuilding and they didn't have much. They didn't have much materials. So the point of the first few verses here is talking uh-huh. about, you remember how Solomon's temple was in all its glory. And that's, it, it's very uh, elaborated upon in First and Second Kings. You can read about that deeply, how much um, weight and how much uh, emphasis there was in the stuff they used to build. So you remember that, but... We don't have much now, yet your priorities are still not on the temple. See, Haggai, Zerubbabel, Joshua, these are some amazing names. Um, Haggai, Zerubbabel, Joshua, I thought there was one more. What? Uh, no, it was Haggai, Zerubbabel. These people, the first priority as they're bringing, they're being brought back. Uh, out of exile, now they're coming back to Jerusalem. Is Their focus was on the temple, the house of God. Why is that important? The house of God is where God's glory dwelt. God's glory uh, and his spirit remain in the temple. Only the high priest during the day of atonement could go in the inner sanctuary, the holy of holies, and offer atonement every year. This is also in the seventh month on the 21st day is speaking of at this time, uh, there were two main holidays, traditions taking place, which was Feast of Tabernacles, God's reminder, providing people through the wilderness, uh, but also the Day of Atonement. Uh, so this was an important time. And now they're, they're trying to come back and rebuild. Yet some people are focused more on their homes. 
which leads to the second point, is that the house of God is where God's presence appeared and continues to dwell through his church. Before God could dwell among people, now there's a shift. As the church, as we are gathering, now the shift is that God's spirit now is in us. God's spirit is now in us. God is, it, it, we're not hearts of stone, now we're hearts of flesh, and the Lord can remain in, in us. Um, you know that verse in Psalms 27.4, um, one thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I shall remain in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his holy temple. There's a shift now where we're not just going to somewhere. We're not just gathering. Now the Lord is in us. It's a huge transformative change. That's, and it's pointing to that, um, even though this was still about 500 years uh, before Jesus would come, it'd be pointing to now the Spirit will be in you guys. God reminds through Haggai, who was probably 70 years old. He was probably in his 70s. And it's a reminder that no matter what age you are, no matter if, if God is calling you, whatever age you are, if he says build, then we build. It's a strong reminder for us at Denial as we're continuing to be built and as people are hopefully will bring more people in more and more who want to also be fellow builders there's, some, there's, there's something there that stuck out to me where he says, be strong. Says it twice through Haggai. Be strong, be strong, fear not. And this is a great reminder because sometimes we could be building and building, and sometimes we can lose sight of what we're building it for, why we're building it, and we could actually get discouraged. Yet, yet God is reminding, Denial Church, this morning, fear not, be strong. And, and the rest of this early part in chapter 2 is pointing to God will build a temple. And it's interesting who is the instrument that will build this latter temple. It was Herod the Great. Herod the Great, if you remember, when Jesus was born, was the person who was trying to massacre all these infants. Because he wanted to be basically the people's Messiah. He would be using this evil, wicked man to rebuild this temple. That's significant. That this latter temple, why, why it's important is, it would actually even be greater than Solomon's temple. Herod the Great, for some reason, gathered this aristocrat class and was able to rebuild the temple. But the other significance of that is, Jesus himself would visit this latter temple, this, this second temple that Herod built. It's a reminder to us, again, whether we praise, whether we preach, whether we gather, whether we go eat Korean food or American food. Um, I am going for American this morning. But Jesus is not only in the midst of us, but he is with us. And the, and, and the third point is this. The house of God is where God's peace allows us to rest. A lot of times, like, we will forget, like we'll, we'll continually build, 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 go, serve, do, and we'll forget that there's a great purpose in us coming together. 
Yes, some of us might want to sleep in a little more. I, I know I do. <laughs> you guys have see me come in at like 9.45, 10, especially that messy game. I remember. I, I, I'm so sorry. But there's a point of us coming together and resting. Yeah. Where we're not coming and like trying to talk each other's ear off. I don't know if you guys have gone to services where there's people like that who, hey, let me tell you exactly what happened. Uh, everything that happened this past week. And you're like, hey, chill, chill. I'm here to like just just kind of meditate and ponder and dwell with him. Amen. Like like I'm here to rest. I'm here to recalibrate. Um Yeah, I I was I was caught up on there's this there's this idea if you are a church plant or or, or if you're trying to have the Best Sunday service, you are going to work hard and, and, and do hard and have all these expectations on the people and the leaders. And that's what we're about. And, and sometimes I wonder if we forget that there's a reason why we're gathering. Like there's a point behind Sabbath rest. And it almost feels like, it almost feels antithetical to the gospel. It almost feels like, wait, no, 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 we should be working. We should be, and, and it's correct. There's a point, there's seasons where we go and we, we do and we set these expectations and all that. But how effective are we if we don't rest? Yeah. Seriously, like, I mean, wouldn't you be eventually burned out? Yeah. Your performance will be best estimated and, and, and determined based on how much rest you are getting. So, now this isn't a call to laziness. This isn't a call to, hey, let's just do the, the, media, the average or below average, you know, whatever you do of, of gathering and we'll call it a wrap. No, no, no. John has some amazing uh, hopes and visions for us. And I know as I get to know you guys, it seems like a lot of us grew up in the church, have an idea of, and maybe some of that is meant to be broken, but also I'm sure there's this hard work ethic ingrained in us. But the point is this, as we go, as we journey in this area of South Tacoma, this, this area where I, 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 I joke, but I also say it's the most beautiful place on the earth. South Tacoma Way, because there's so many people yet to come in to feast with us. It, it's, it's, let's not forget that, guys, there's, there's times where we need to chill, rest, wait upon Haggai kind of blew my mind away because this was a book I actually always overlooked. I would remember out of the minor prophets, maybe more Hosea, Joel. But this last part, if we can just go back to Haggai uh, chapter 2, right at verse 6, after the Lord says, My spirit remains in your midst. Again, at this time, the Spirit, Holy Spirit was not indwelling people yet, but promise was that he'd be, be with them. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory. Pointing to that the desire of all nations, why we continually send out missionaries, why we continually preach whatever continent, country, state, city, is that Jesus will eventually be 
solely worshipped at the New Jerusalem when all people are gathered. This is pointing to a glorious regathering of all God's saints. Prophetic word. And it's, it's only timely that, especially with how much warfare is going on, not just between politics, gender issue, all, all these different topics, right? There's also warring a lot between churches and movements and denominations. I'm so fed up with it personally. And I'm actually surprised sometimes. I'm almost like, are you really a believer with how much you basically are ridiculing and breaking down the denominations just because your views were different? Guys, we need a shaking up more than ever. We always say, let the world be shaken up and let, let, uh, let the church go at it and convert it up. That, great, that's awesome. But if we really look closely at our attitude towards people who are different from us, this, was, I got, this is what I got also from the conference that we attended. I, I can't believe how judgmental, and, and we've talked about why people don't come out. No wonder. We can't even seem to get along in this diverse family of God. So, I'll end with this. If you could put up, David, uh, Luke chapter 12. There's an interesting verse. Um, you're almost going to be like, wait, this is kind of contrary. Like, wait, isn't it? Are we supposed to be peace? Okay, the third point was uh, God's presence. As we gather, we gather to rest, and there's peace. Well, we also know God is not a God of confusion, and he's of peace. So let's read this. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. This is Jesus speaking. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Okay. <laughs> That's Jesus speaking. And you're almost like, wait, Lord, I don't get it. That's kind of confusing. But here's what we know. Jesus had a mission. And his mission was us to come to him and so that we would be commissioned, right? And there will be people who disagree with us why we gather, why we're here. The idea of church will just, it'll be horrendous to them. So there will be people who disagree, maybe even our families and our friends. I've lost friends because I actually came back and started walking with the Lord again. I used to be out there. After I left ministry and had my few years of prodigal son moment, I, I, I didn't think I would ever actually be in a church service or building or whatever again. But I've, I've lost friends because it's hard to relate. There's something about being with Jesus that... The world will not understand until they come to know Jesus personally, right? And yet, we will continue to gather as a church. That we are continuing being built, and we are being used as the new materials on what God is doing here in this area. So I want to end with this. Um, when I was first responder in Detroit, some of the craziest scenes that we would drive up to was a cause of arson and basically just fire burning property was the type of run and if you know the significance of Detroit and the motor industry especially back in the 40s, 50s, 60s Detroit was supposed to be the new New York what New York is now and Chicago is now Detroit was headed that way 
but there was such a collapse of the automotive industry that so many people left and out to suburbs and left Michigan. So when I was working out there, I would see some of the most amazingly built buildings, like gloriously looking mansions. Some of and when we would show up, it was sad because these whether they were set on fire intentionally or for some reason electrical problem and the building burned. Some of these buildings would collapse immediately after like half an hour, maybe less. The fire would just catch up and just completely blaze over these buildings. Some of the buildings, I mean, would go on for hours burning. Like they wouldn't collapse right away. Why am I telling you this? Jesus said something interesting there in Luke chapter 12. How I would have already wished the world was set on fire. I kind of paraphrase paraphrase that. But there is a burning desire from God to for us to truly let everything go and surrender and be totally caught up in his spirit. That any part that we're not letting go and surrendering to God, this is a reminder as we go through our weeks, that we could just let go, unlock everything to God and let him completely take us. Remember Daniel and his three friends? Shadrach, Meshach, Menego, Daniel chapter 3. Guys, if only when people see Denial Church and all the churches here, that they say, wow, those guys are being attacked, ridiculed. Wow, they're, they're surrounded in the fire. They're in the fire. But there's someone also standing. The fourth person, right? There's a picture of Jesus Christ, Christophany. He's with us. He's why we gather. He's why we have peace. And he's why we have rest. So I, I challenge us as we continually seek to disciple and bring people here. Let's also remember, like, God is building us and bringing us closer to him. Let's, let's pray.